0: or go to FailYourWay.com for more info. Now back to the show.
1: I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding.
0: And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. And addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hi, welcome to... Life Hustler, podcast all about addiction and recovery. My cat Lily and I would like to welcome you to this podcast. I am your host, Anna David. Um, Forgive me if you are listening to this and have no idea why I'm referencing a cat so early on. It's just that I've learned how to make these podcasts, video podcasts, and so I'm recording a video intro and, and my cat just, she wants to be in it. She knows a lot about sharing her dark to find her light. That's not true. This, this cat has no darkness in her at all. If you're new to the podcast, it's not about cats. And I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, every week I either play an episode that is recorded at my live storytelling show here in Los Angeles, or it's an interview with a luminary who has overcome something in, um, addiction recovery or any other difficult circumstance and has come out on the other side. Uh, Today we talked to Dana Bowman, an amazing, hilarious author and mom and sober blogger and teacher, and I get fully into an intro for her. So what else do I want to tell you? I want to say, um, I hope you're surviving the holiday season. And I want to tell you, yes, you, that Party Girl the audio version is now available. This is like a complete dream come true. Party Girl is the first book I ever wrote. We never sold the audio rights. It completely broke my heart because I was obsessed with Audible at that time. And guess what I learned? I could get the audio rights back a decade later and record it myself and release it. And that is what I have done. And if you are not an Audible member, like my cat isn't, um, you can go, and get it for free all you have to do is go to audible and you just go to actually just go to partygirlaudio.com and you will be forwarded to the audiobook which I read Um, and I had so much fun doing it that's sort of a lie it took eight hours it was really really hard so please 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 Make that work pay off by going and getting it, and I'll be able to basically drive around with you or go on your runs with you or wherever it is you listen to audiobooks, be with you reading my book. It would be so honored, and that is enough for me. Now, let's listen to slash watch my interview with Dana Bowman. Okay, Lily? Hi. Hi, you guys. I'm Anna David. I'm here with Dana Bowman. Hi. Dana Bowman is an amazing author, and she's also a bit of a chameleon. Let's say <laughs> that I thought somebody else had signed in on her account just now.
1: Yes, yes. You like it, the silver hair. I am the silver fox, Dana. That's my
0: goal. Is. So Dana is, in case you don't know, first of all, what's wrong with you? Second of all, she is a sober mom, teacher, and I think potentially best-selling author. We were just discussing this. Her book, oh yeah, she goes on the Today Show. We're so lucky to have her here. Um, Thank you. And and Dana um, and I worked together. She wrote for me. I probably two years ago we started working. Uh, together when
1: yeah. I was at the
0: after party, and she has two books. And uh, well, I'm going to read her bio. She's a mother. Okay. She's the author of two books. She's a teacher. We already covered Check. that. She's a speaker. Yep. She's a writer, we know that because she wrote books. Uh, yeah. Runner, she loves Jesus. We're gonna get into that. Have no fear. But Pinterest, <laughs> we may not get into that because. That's okay, honestly, really,
1: I can't stand Pinterest. Sorry. Oh
0: me. <laughs> it's like I have this thing, kind of how I feel like Snapchat. Like I feel violated. Uh. By- and wanted to die a violent death.
1: Don't get me started. I feel so inadequate every time I try. I finally took it off my phone because I was like, I just feel like a complete and utter wreck every time I try. And then I have my nine-year-old kid just like showing uh, me filters. Yeah. I never even tried. I just took it away though.
0: Um, now you guys, Dana's books are called bottled a mom's guide to early recovery. And then her latest book, which is a sequel of sorts Mm -hmm. called how to be perfect. Like me there, I have it.
1: Let's see if you do this. You can
0: get it on Amazon. You can get the audio. Do you read your audio?
1: No, it's and actually, I really like who's reading it. She is kind of like my, my kindred spirit. So I will accept that, but it's very weird. It's very weird to hear someone else reading your book, so. Yeah, why did you decide not to do it yourself? You know, it wasn't, I just don't have the best reading voice, I don't think. I'm kind of squeaky. <laughs> and uh, and so we auditioned people that were much more professional and into that kind of thing, and I, and I was okay with that.
0: So. God, did you feel like a, a casting director? You're like, next!
1: Yes, next. I did, and it was really cool because I got to say no, and I was like, no, not her, and it it kind of made my ego feel like... Like, I had a moment of power. Um, but, and, and the lady that we, we hired, I, I guess this is like a thing. She has like a following on Twitter. People check out her books, not because they're interested in the book, they're interested in her voice. So she rocks, I guess. I didn't know, but she's really good.
0: Now, okay, so Dana, what we were talking about before before cameras started rolling, yes. we, were, we talked about a lot of things. But one of the things that we talked about is that you wrote Bottled, and it was just basically this book about being a mom in early recovery. And then, did yeah. you relapse after
1: that? No, no, the relapse had occurred before Bottled was written. I knew about it; everybody knew about it. But the request from CRP, which is the publisher that uh, published my book, Central Recovery Press, great publisher. They specialize in recovery literature. Um, they said, we want you to write a book just about those early, I would have to say about a year. I think it ends, Bottled ends at a year sober. And what that's like for moms, because I had two little kids when I got sober, which many moms would say, what the, what the heck? You know, how could you even try? <laughs> it's crazy soft. Um, and, and that was what Bottled was all about, was that journey of how to deal with, um, hi, Michelle. Michelle's okay. <laughs> Hi.
0: Um, okay. To anybody listening on the podcast, Michelle Karen, who was just graduated from my coaching program and, and won a meeting with, with an agent and a publisher, she's saying oh hey, god, my I food. didn't know that. That's awesome. Dana's first book bottled is the first recovery memoir I read in sobriety. She's the reason <sighs> she's the online sober community. So I love Michelle. Start, we're off to. Um, okay. And so bottled, and then the relapse happened before. It was in 2014.
1: Yeah, and actually, well, no, now if you're asking me my dates, I'm going to get this all mixed up because I'm horrible with dates. Um, But the the relapse had occurred like right up until right when I first started writing Bottled. They knew about it. I knew about it. My relapse was very short-lived. It was kind of a weird one. I had it over the Christmas holidays, literally like from Christmas Eve to New Year's Day. I just went nuts and decided that uh, I was going to allow myself a little break and it was all very weird and planned and like I just snapped. Um, And something about those Christmas holidays just kind of put me into this pressure zone of, damn it, I deserve this, but I'm only going to do it for a short while. And what's really funny is that, you know, here I am, I have a master's degree in literature and teaching. I'm a fairly... I guess, intelligent woman with a job and all this stuff. And I was crazy sauce, like within three days, I was hiding vodka in my closet again. So anyhow, it was awful. Um, So that's what perfect is all about. And perfect talks about how we, especially I think moms and women get, that point where we're like, I've got this, like, I'm the perfect mom and the perfect re- sober warrior. And, you know, and we are badasses, and we are sober warriors. But there's a point where I got where I felt like, I think I got this now. And maybe a little break is okay. And it's just nuttiness. It's just basic crazy sauce. So um, that's what perfect is about It goes into my relapse. And it also goes into what I call now, um, I'm Dana, and I'm recovering from perfectionism. And I will be from here on out, like forever.
0: I like that. I like That's how I should have introduced you. Recovering perfectionist. Now, covering perfectionist, yes. And Christy is saying she's so excited about the movie. Hi, Christy. So you guys, (laughs) by the way, if you like the people in your life and you want to share with them a message about staying sober through the holidays, I think you should go share this with them. Yeah. If you don't like them, we're so not gonna tell them. Right? No,
1: No, this is just for us. (laughs) But I'm telling you, the holidays are super hard and it starts with, I call it the trifecta. It starts with Halloween, which for me as um, newly recovering, I dreaded Halloween. It was like the one thing that I can remember thinking way back when I first got sober, I was like, but Halloween, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do Halloween? Like that for me was the apex of you got to have alcohol." (laughs) if you're gonna put on kitty ears and dress like a slut, you really got to do the booze at the same time, because (laughs) it's impossible. Um, And it was tough that first Halloween, but I got through it. And now I can kind of see how I'd kind of put it on this, you know, huge, don't we do that with things like New Year's Eve, actually, New Year's Eve wasn't that big of a deal to me, because I never liked it. But Halloween, the trifecta, Thanksgiving, which you have to get through with booze because family, huh? And then, sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching. And then, and then Christmas, which for me was all about, let's make it perfect for the children, you know, happy, happy. And that just, it's a tough time of year. It's a tough, it's a tough, uh, three holidays to get through. And then I guess you can count New Year's too. But for me, by then, I was just done and tired anyhow. So I was glad actually now that my recovery date is New Year's Day, which some people in recovery call like an amateur recovery date. <laughs> but, oh, I think I see your cat like walking yeah.
0: past. Yeah. I mean, she seeks fame. She's trying to get on That's screen.
1: what my cat is like. Steve yeah. will show up. He's such a diva and he wants attention at all times. So you'll see Steve kind of walk past as well. Anyhow, um, I do, I have an amateur recovery date now. So it's January 1st,
0: 2014. I'm so sorry, Dana. We might have to stop this interview right okay. now. Didn't know. <laughs> um.
1: Because I've done, yeah, it's it's better than the day after St. Patty's Day. I mean, that's, true. that's worse. That's totally worse. So.
0: Uh, I've always and been happy that I got sober in 2000 because it's like an even number and it's yes. easy to remember. So it's like yes. 2018. Oh my God, so I'm 18 years, like I don't have yes. to remember.
1: I saw that the other day. Congratulations you. to you. I didn't know that. That's awesome. So okay, but so where you are you? January
0: first is coming up. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this in November right before Thanksgiving. What years are you
1: at? It'll be five. It'll be five. my five. And then I had three years before that. So I'm roughly five and eight. Eight-ish, but I call it five. It's my fifth yeah. year. And I'm totally stoked. Cause you know, uh-huh. it's it's like five. That's like big. That's a big deal. Right. Yeah. And then it starts to speed
0: from like six to 18 just goes so
1: fast. I know. And I, I think for me it was getting past, there's a weird thing with threes with me, like three months, six months, all those three moments. And then I got to a year and then three years, that's when I relapsed was at three years. Cause I felt like for some reason I had it, you know, and, and obviously, um, that's just stupid. Because once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, you can't like unalcoholic yourself. Um, But I just, I felt like for some reason, those little threes that I would get to and those milestones were awesome. And I love celebrating them. But I have to tell you, like, and I don't know if there's anybody else out there. If you're like this, and you're in recovery, please tell me. Hi, (laughs) Katie. I have the lousiest time with dates. And so for me, I know people who keep track of their sobriety date. And I think that's valid and important. But I almost the second time around, try to kind of not do it so much. And for me, it was better for me to just kind of like, say, just one day at a time, just one day (laughs) at a time, no matter what, no matter what. Um, Because also, honestly, if you ask me, like, how old are your kids? I'm like, well, I have to like think I still think they're five and six they're not they're eight and nine now and I'm like, oh like wasn't it just two thousand and like two thousand like two years ago or whatever so i'm I'm horrible with dates and times
0: I am exactly the same Are oh, you ew. directionally challenged yes
1: at- <laughs> <laughs> north and south if you try to tell me to go north on something I'll be like can you please just tell me where the Starbucks is and I'll head towards that place yeah, I'm just, but- like, just- yeah, but tell me the address so I can put it in ways. Like, don't yeah. rely on me to understand yeah.
0: what you're saying. Yeah. My issue, I don't know if you have this one, is PST, like, time zone things.
1: I'm yeah. like, say it in I PST. have to look it up. I have okay. to look it up every time. I had to look yours up because I was I like, oh, God, what time is that? She's, she's interviewing me, and I don't know when. And then, of course, I asked my husband. I mean, I look it up on Google. Yeah. It's there right away. Yeah. I asked my husband, the engineer, and he's able to just tell me. Like, so weird. So weird. I don't hate you people. But I think it's because we multitask so much that our brains are like, we're done. Like, we're full. We don't need to add any more extraneous information. Dates and times and directions, totally extraneous. (laughs) Well, I think
0: that I actually think this is, like, a missing part of my brain. It's a a form of dyslexia that has to do with numbers where they just don't stay. Um, And people will ask me about, like, what, what years were you home doing cocaine alone? And I'm
1: like, Oh my God, I, I have no idea. So I think I don't, 99, I,
0: don't, you know, yeah. And
1: um, I've had yeah. therapists tell me that I've done that on purpose to sort of like wipe it out. And so when my publisher is like trying to pin me down on dates, I'm so stressed out. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, I had to go look at journals and, and find stuff. But then there's other people who just like, Oh yeah, that happened in 2009 on a Thursday. I'm like, my God, what is, what is with you? And my brain doesn't do that. So good.
0: good. I'm glad. For the record, Christy says you are definitely directionally challenged. This sounds like someone who's tried to go somewhere. I've
1: gotten you. lost going to her home many times. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's good. It's good. This is this is where we let it all out. All guilty our secrets, you know. Yeah. Um so, so let's talk about how you decided. You know, I always want to get to what made you decide to share your story. You could have just been yeah. this perfect mom and teacher, but instead you decided to bust out with this reality about being an alcoholic. Let's talk about that.
1: That's actually a really good way of putting it. I had a blog going. Um, the blog momsy blog is still in place. It's still there. It's like a dinosaur. I think it will always be there because it's like my mental health. I I just love writing about my family and stuff like that. And I, the blog had been going, um, along well in my recovery, but I never wrote about my recovery in the blog. And then finally, there's this saying in recovery, and I'm stealing, I'm stealing it from 28 days where Sandra Bullock tries to pick the horse hoof up and is like, I just want my inside to match my outsides. And that's how I felt. Like, I just had this moment where I was writing about my life. I'm writing about my kids, my family, my sweet husband. And I'm like, but recovery is like number one with me right now. And I'm not writing about it. I'm hiding it. Um, and I guess I just have to say like my higher power was like, Dana, this is something you need to do because I think you can help moms. And I, and so I came out, um, on this blog and the one that I chose to do was kind of crazy because I, I won this, um, Glennon Melton, uh, had a blog. I don't know if she still has Momastery or not, but she had this summer blog challenge where you could send a post in and hope that she'd pick your post to, to like send it out to the stratosphere. And she picked mine and it was about getting sober. And so that was my coming out. I was like, well, everybody knows now, you know, (laughs) like, Oh, okay. And it just went colossal. It got out real big and that was it. And so from there, Whenever I would like, query a magazine to write for them, or I found you, and I, substance.com was a big one for me for a long time, um, That everybody wanted me to write about recovery and momhood. That was like my gig, and it still kind of is. Every once in a while, I'm like, can't I just write about like cats or, <laughs> I don't know, knitting, which I don't. Do um, and but that's my thing, and so I just continue doing it because it made me feel good and it, it kept me sober as well, and kind of kept everything like I said, my insides matching my outside. So
0: that I did not know that you were a Glennon Doyle discovery. So were you like, what the F when that happened?
1: I'm clear. Yes. You know, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. We we were on vacation when I found this out and we were like so totally stoked because we were going off the grid. We went to Colorado Springs to go camping. And then I get this, and like every once in a while I would check my email, but it was hard. I had to go like down by the lodge and hold my phone up, like to be like, hello, like internet. Nothing. And so finally, I get this email takes like 20 minutes to load. And then it's this, it's, it's Glennon, Glennon Doyle's helper. And she's like, Dana, be ready, because we're posting your thing. You made it on. Yay, you. And then, and then we want you to like, obviously share it. I'm like, I can't like, there's no internet. So my husband took me to we drove down the mountain, and he took me to a Starbucks. And I sat there for the whole day and was like posting and sharing. But even later that week, um, we're hiking and I'm watching my phone and trying to tweet from the mountain. And he's like, this is not a vacation. Like, would you stop? And I'm like, but it's, (laughs) I have to. Glennon told me to and you do what Glennon says. (laughs) Did you interact with her? Huh?
0: Did you interact with her at all?
1: no i think not i think she well she actually wrote a little blurby for me that introduced me but it could have been you know i don't know she was she was a big deal even back then she's like oprah like you know but i did send her a book and i wrote her a little note with it and said glennon thank you for because that actually took my blog and just you know took it out to everyone and i helped my visibility quite a bit and plus it also just helped my story i felt like um i had a lot more when that happened, I had a lot more confidence. Like, wow, maybe I can do this. Like, I just felt like an imposter for the longest time. It's just a blog. You know, everybody and their dog has a mom blog. And here I am just a mom blogger. I'm just a blogger. I'm just a mom. And then, you know, some things would happen along the way that would validate my writing. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think I can do this. So
0: it's interesting because, you know, with I've now been coaching students for the past few years, and that imposter yeah. syndrome is the biggest thing that comes up over and over and over again. And yeah. what what do you tell people who know yeah. they should be sharing their story because they wouldn't be joining writers' programs? And right. then that
1: voice that tells them they're the, who cares about them. What do you tell who people? do you think you are? That's the one I get. My voice that tells me really. Like you've got silver hair, you're, you're old and you don't have any, you know, you're not cool enough and blah, blah, blah. And I just think that one of the issues that we have is that we are constantly seeing ourselves now via social media, via that like, I just love you because okay, you're beautiful, but you're here and I'm, I have lipstick on that I put on at 8.30 in the morning and I don't think anyone should have to wear lipstick at 8.30 in the morning. But anyhow, like you are what, you're the straight dope. And and I do feel like a lot of times, though, when we are presenting ourselves and putting ourselves out there, we have this visual image of what it should look like. Like for me, I pictured mom blogging as me sitting down with my coffee cup and my journal and my children quietly playing with tasteful wooden blocks over in the other room. (laughs) Nothing like that ever happened. Like it was just crazy, chaotic, a mess most of the time but our perceptions put us in this place where we want to Pinterest it and make it tidy and cute and nothing about being creative is tidy or cute. Like writing is a shitstorm Sometimes I just said a bad word. So
0: and Jesus, we thought reminded me that we have to talk about Jesus. I, <laughs> it reminded me that you guys, I wish you could see the cover of this book
1: because that yeah. is exactly what no, I'll show it. I love the cover because first of all, it's backwards. I know, but I love it because I can go like this and it looks like it's my mouth <laughs> but secondly whoever came up with the cover for this I, I had to email her because I adore it it is so perfect like it's how I see myself versus the reality is nothing like it.
0: Um, I think you look pretty damn perfect but I, I told you I'm in awe over this look that I didn't know existed. Um, now okay so <laughs> about so you go from so do you start getting emails from women all over saying i'm a mom i'm struggling with alcoholism what do i do i get
1: one i get one a week usually now still and i try to respond to all of them and it is so prevalent still the numbers are off the chart for moms and drinking the mom culture with wine wine culture we call it it's just really like uh just just kind of astronomical. And um, I find myself in a place where I am telling them that it can be done, but I know a lot of moms still are so stuck in that addiction that they just can't see a way out. And so I tried to make, and I didn't actually try, it was easy for me. I tried to make both Bottled and Perfect funny because first of all, i I can't write not funny. Like I like to write funny because that's who I am. Um, my editor calls me the Irma Bombek of alcoholics, which I'm like, yes. But sadly now nobody's like, <laughs> or everybody's like, who's Irma Bombek?" <laughs> I'm like, oh god, no, oh, no, you can't. You got to know who that is. But um, so I write funny and I write, you know, humorous. I am also going to tell you the serious stuff and the sad stuff too, because there's a lot of tragedy that has occurred in my life, and I'm willing to write about that. Um, But through that laughter, I think that um, the moms that I've heard back have told me, I read these books and it was like the first time that I had a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, all this time as a mom, I had put myself on this, you have to be perfect pedestal because we're in charge of two, you know, well for me, two little breathing creatures, right? And that you do, that's a heavy gig. Like there's a lot of pressure when you are in charge of little humans. And So, you know, that's a lot of pressure to be good, to be viable, to be moral, to get up early and go organic on everything. And there's just a list of things we're supposed to do as moms. And when I wrote about it for them and showed them this true story, that I think provided them with some real hope. So.
0: And so... How did you go from that that post going viral or whatever you want to call it to working with central recovery?
1: Okay, so this is cool. Um I love this story because most of the stuff that's happened in my life has been this. It's been total kismet. It's been just synchronicity or serendipity or whatever word you want to attach to it. So I'm I'm writing and I'm hitting some articles and I'm I'm putting stuff out there and hi there Missy. Um and I'm getting some articles posted, and then Huffington Post picks up this one article that they really liked, and it's the one that's kind of the the holy grail of my mom articles. It's, as a sober mom, how do I talk to my kids about recovery? It's still out there. It's still used sometimes. People um, use it as kind of a, to quote from and stuff like that. So HuffPost picks it up, and then HuffPost Live wants to interview me, which is awesome, because I have no experience with being interviewed on television, live television. Uh, it's hilarious, and if you ever see the interview, um, my cat Steve gets up on the chair behind me, and I, I'm nervous, right? And if if you see it, my voice is like this. I'm like, thank you so much for having me. I'm like a nervous wreck, and you can see this little white paw every once in a while, like coming down, like going, it's cool, stay cool, dude. Like you're gonna, you're gonna be okay. My cat is right here next to me, staring at me as we speak. Um, but then, okay, so CRP found that and I guess they kind of just started looking for writers and they contacted me wow. and I, it always makes people mad because they're like, how did you become a writer? When did you get your agent? And I'm like, I just got an email um, to ask me to write for them which is really not the norm and it was a huge blessing and I'm like forever grateful, I love them.
0: Yes, and and they love you because I'm friends with Patrick Hughes and I'm um, working with him. He's involved with my coaching program now.
1: I love Patrick. Oh, good. I'm so glad because Patrick is is the bomb diggity, and he's definitely um, a huge part of all of this for me. So I'm so grateful. And
0: so I will say that is unusual. And so nobody who's yeah. wondering, waiting for the call from Glennon Doyle and Huffington Post and a, and a publisher, it's unusual. But I also think, you know, one of the things is also it's like you are you love being a teacher and a mom. It's not like you were like, i got to make it as a writer. No, no. Yeah. A bit of a surrendered kind of a situation like you wanted it, but it wasn't the end all be all for you. Right. No.
1: And the thing that was cool about it is I really did feel like I had. Hi, Steve. Steve is featured in both. Say hi. Steve is featured in both of my books. And is he? He's always in every one of my interviews as well. If it's on TV, Steve is there. Um, this is the thing, and I I really do feel this way in terms of recovery. I feel like God of the universe says, "Look, you're going to do the hardest thing you've ever done. Getting sober for me was harder than having children, childbirth. It's harder than dealing with being married, which can be a really terrifically difficult thing. Um, it's harder than illness. It was just, it just lays you out, right? It is so tough and it's, it's a lot easier now, but initially so hard. And I can just remember feeling like God was saying, look, Dana, if you're going to do this and you put yourself out there and you do what the universe has been asking you to do for 20 years, 20 years, I had been writing in my journal. Gee, I wonder if I should stop drinking so much. Um, we're going to validate that. We're going to answer that call. And I feel like anyone who has gotten into recovery gets blessed by that. And I think my blessing was ever since I was little, I wanted to be a writer. And I always just kind of put it away as like, yeah, but I'm not good enough. And I I don't know what I'm doing. And now I have two flipping books. Like It still gives me chills. But it wasn't my talent necessarily it was also the fact that i i finally got into the groove of what it was that i was supposed to be doing and i felt like i was home like this stuff is crazy like being on tv is crazy it freaks me out sometimes the today show thing freaked me out big time but at the same time it doesn't feel unnatural it feels sort of like you know this is this is what i'm supposed to do and i just last week I was at a speaking gig and I had to talk for like two and a half hours about recovery. And I don't remember it. Like, I mean, I remember it, but it went like that. It was so easy and it flowed. And I just, I remember telling my husband later, like nothing about that felt uncomfortable. Like I'm so stoked that I think that I'm finally kind of like in my jam. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah. that's, that's beautiful and, and so true. I find that with students, like the ones who were like, or even friends, I've got to make the New York Times bestseller list, or I've got to publish a modern love. They're the ones that are setting themselves up for disappointment because it's like, it's that suit up and show up and sort of let, you know, you've got talent. You wouldn't be doing this if you did it. Just keep
1: doing it. And I've been at this gig since 2010. Right. So it's not like overnight, like this, I've been doing this. I've been working for a long time, but I love it. Like it's, it matches what I'm supposed to be doing. But at the same time, I'm not like wanting to be on the New York Times. That would be great. And I think that <laughs> I know our bank account would love that. <laughs> but it's it's just basically doing what your heart is telling you to do. And then you just keep showing up and doing the work every day. And
0: and and for the record, for the girl who's on the New York Times bestseller list who still lives in an apartment doesn't do that much for the bank account either. <laughs> but you know. I know.
1: But I think that's so cool that you were. I was like, oh, man, that'd be so awesome.
0: My bank account does and has not been alerted to no,
1: that. No, we booksellers, we don't make crap. Like that's the thing. Unless you're John Grisham or what's her face, JK Rowling, like
0: Well, and, and I I always tell people you'll never make money no. a, as an author, but you can make money being an author. You can yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: You can make money and you can do your dream and you can have other things that go with it and like, you, you know, we have other things that we work on and we do and we keep that creative, like I just love this life and I love that I'm teaching along with the writing. Like to me, teaching is my first thing and and writing is teaching just in written form.
0: Right, So right.
1: I, I'm pretty blessed and pretty lucky. And again, I will say it's all because I got sober. Like I I had ignored the voices for so long that said you really might, like I was too afraid. I was too scared. Um, And I drank to, to not be scared. Right. And then when I finally couldn't drink anymore, I had to deal with being really scared. And then for some reason, something in me was like, wow, you're in early recovery and you have two little kids and you're so busy that you're getting like four hours of sleep, but now's the time to start writing. And I did. And I want like, my first gig was, I saw a Kansas voices contest, like some little writing thing and I sent in an essay and I won and I was like, oh my god, like, I got $100 for that essay.
0: And I still
1: to this day, I didn't expect to win. And I didn't expect to win money. And I remember when I got the check, I cried because I'm like, oh my god. there's the squeaky voice, by the way.
0: Oh, we just <laughs> got insight into what you were like the first time you were on TV, guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. I, it
1: sounds like you win everything you enter. No, I get so many rejections. In fact, it's like, it's probably once a week, something gets sent back, we decided not, and blah, 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 so no. I have
0: my first rejection letter on my wall, and it was from when I was eight years old, so.
1: Oh, my gosh, you got rejected at eight? That's really
0: mean. It's so mean, but it was to a children's magazine where only children wrote, so it's like some children are going to get rejected, and you know what? He regrets it.
1: You was, got, a, yeah, you need to contact them again. Like it, they're still around. I <laughs>
0: there around and it was, and he said, I'm so sorry to have to pass on your story all about my splinter. So let's just say <laughs> I was writing about what I knew about, but it just wasn't, nothing had
1: happened but to you. You were writing about pain. It's so true. <laughs> so true. Okay, all look. about my splinter by Anna David. Oh my God, that's so cute.
0: Write what you know. Um, right. And if nothing's
1: happened to you so far except getting a splinter, then write that. Write that splinter.
0: You write about that splinter. So we have to get close to wrapping up. Is there anything okay. else? Well, first of all, you guys, thank you for watching and listening and all of that. And please go get Dana's Thank book. you, my friends. Yes, How please go get my book. How to be perfect like me. It is a perfect Christmas gift for that sober mom, you know, or just that sober person, yeah. or maybe just somebody you know who likes to laugh.
1: Yeah. And I've been told actually too, it's a great book for perfectionism moms as well. So grab it, get it. Write a review for it on Amazon. That would be so helpful.
0: Write a review. Dana, thank you so much. Any other words for people who, um, you know, to get them through the holiday season who may be struggling? What do you say?
1: I'm going to tell you what I have always told myself, which is the misery of taking that drink will far, far, far overcome any sort of momentary moment where you feel like you have relief. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to get through the holidays, just take it one day or 20 minutes at a time. If I can do it, you can do it. Definitely.
0: Great note to end on. Thank you, Dana. Thanks, you guys. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
1: Yay. Thank you, Anne.